Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Laura Russell. She is a human to four corgis now. She's up to four total. Um, two of them have special needs. So she's really here to talk about her dogs um, who can't speak for themselves on a podcast. I'm sure they could bark their little heads off, but we wouldn't be able to understand them, unfortunately. So Laura's here today to talk about her and them. So Laura, why don't you go ahead and tell us more about your story? Hi, Sarah. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I, I so love sharing um, our journey with our special needs dogs. So um, we do have four corgis. They, the original three were named after the famous uh, Hershey candy. Their names are Reese, Peanut, and Buttercup. In, sometimes in the South, they call them Reese Cups. So that's why his name is Reese. So, um, yeah, so our first corgi was Peanut. Two years later, we adopted Little Buttercup. And then two years after that, we adopted Reese. And we just brought Boots on board a year ago. Uh, we weren't planning on having four corgis, but I'll kind of get into that. Um, so we've always enjoyed being a multi-dog home. And we know that when you go into dog ownership, you, you don't go into it lightly. There are a lot of expenses, um, food, vet bills, whatnot. The one thing we didn't anticipate was a complete lifestyle shift for one of our dogs, and which resulted in a lifestyle uh, switch for us. Um, so let's talk about Little Buttercup. She is, she just turned seven. But back in August of 2018, it was early in the morning and um, our daughter's room, so we have four children, I should say. So we have four teenagers and the one daughter's room is right above um, my room. And five o'clock in the morning, I heard her moving around upstairs and I knew that was not typical. It was not during the school year. Why would she be up at five in the morning? And as a mom, you go with your gut instinct. So I went upstairs and um, she was changing the sheets and I saw Buttercup sitting on the floor and she said, Buttercup defecated in the bed. And then she said, and when I picked her, and she said, and that's very strange. I said, yeah, that is strange, honey. And then she said, when I picked her up, her back legs were just hanging. And so we quickly, I, I called my vet um, and they said, take her to emergency services. So we rushed her to an emergency vet and their initial diagnosis, they said, okay, we believe a, a disc ruptured in her back. You have two options. You can have immediate surgery or you can um, put her down. And for my husband and I, we were not going to put her down. She was three years old. So we had to be rushed to another emergency vet that actually had a neurologist. And um, they confirmed the diagnosis, and she was immediately rushed back into surgery. So she was in surgery, I believe, by like 10.30 in the morning. And they were able to clean up the damage from the ruptured disc. And they said, you know, we're going to keep her 
for a few days. A few days later, she was able to come home. But before we left the vet, they said, okay, she's unable to urinate on her own. The, the communication between her brain and her bladder has been disconnected from the rupture. So they said, you're going to have to learn how to express her, which is basically pushing on her bladder. They also said, there's a chance her spinal cord could die within the next week. So you have to look for signs because if her spinal cord starts to die, she's going to die. Good luck. <laughs> they didn't say that. They were very caring. They were very compassionate. They were fantastic, but it was daunting. So here we had this corgi who was healthy just a few days before, now had a big scar on her back, and we had to figure out how to express her, and we had to make sure she wasn't dying. So that first week was very, very scary, because every morning I'd wake up being like, you all right, buttercup? What's happening? I had to comb, my husband and I combed through YouTube looking for tutorials on how to express dogs. There are a lot of different methods. Um, we are, the eventual method that we found, which we found on YouTube, you know how giraffes drink water at a, at a pond where they kind of have to spread out their legs and ring, pull down their necks and they're just, it's, it's this awkward triangle. That's what we do. We have to put our heads on her little back, stand her up, put her heads on her back, put our hands under her stomach, where her, locate her bladder and carefully push. So that was a very, it was a, that first month was, there was a huge learning curve, huge learning curve. Um, a month after surgery, we took her back to the neurologist where he assessed her progress and he said and I should say going back a little bit when she went into surgery she had zero deep pain response in her legs she couldn't feel her legs at all and that's not good so the neurologist felt confident that she might be regaining her her feeling back so he said why don't you start her with some rehabilitation services so we there was a special rehab vet we live in an area that has a lot of wonderful resources we're in the Charlotte North Carolina area and we're just so, so fortunate to have these good resources. So after a month of rest, Buttercup started um, her recovery. It was therapy three days a week. She was doing laser therapy, which helped with inflammation. They were doing acupuncture. They were doing range of motion exercises, and they were doing water treadmill. And this wonderful rehab team and I, we were just working really hard with Buttercup. Um, I was, my husband, myself, my children, my four teenagers, we would all do exercises at home. Um, and little by little, she was regaining this feeling, but she wasn't able to stand. So by that December, so she, she went down in August. By that December, it was a week before Christmas. And um, my, my head team leader, the vet, she said, I, I'm concerned. She said, let me do some deeper x-rays. Turns out Buttercup had very severe hip dysplasia, very severe. And there's thought that that may have contributed to her spinal disc rupturing because apparently she'd been 
unevenly walking on it for a while. And we didn't know. She was three years old. She always passed her physicals. So that's, that's where we, we ended up with Buttercup. So now we have this beautiful little dog who was very, very, very dependent on us. Um, and it was, it was now all hands on deck. So my husband could learn, learned how to express her. I learned how to express her. My oldest son learned how to express her. And we have to do it every four to five hours. But then we ran into more challenges. When dogs are unable to um, empty, to void their own bladder, they are very prone to urinary tract infections. Even if you're doing, even if you're the super expressor, they're very prone to UTIs. And um, Buttercup was suffering from them. In fact, that, that first week home from the vet after her surgery, she was leaking everywhere. And about five days post-surgery, and so we had a little diaper on her. We had to fashion a diaper. Um, one morning I woke up and her diaper was bloody. And I thought, oh, this must be that spinal cord situation. I rushed her to the vet and they're like, nope, UTI. I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious, we have so many issues going on and now this. So that's another thing that we've learned um, over the past three years in caring for a dog is we put water in her meals, keep her hydrated. She's on a special food that helps dilute her urine and prevents crystals and kidney and bladder stones. Um, we have her on cranberry supplements. Um, it, so it's just, it's been a lot of trial and error. Um, and she still, we, we don't do any of the therapies anymore, but we do do acupuncture once a month which has been really beneficial, just to keep her blood flowing. And um, amazingly, since October, she has started doing a little bit of walking on her own, which we were told she would never walk again because of the hip dysplasia. Even though she regained feeling in her back legs, she, the hip dysplasia, we were told it would be, it would be a big deterrent. The first time we saw her really, really walk, my daughter, my, uh, who's a senior right now in high school, she was getting her senior portraits done outside. And Buttercup is her very best friend. So she said, can I have Buttercup come with me to my photo shoot? And it was outside. I said, sure. So I loaded Buttercup into her special, we have a little stroller for her, I call it her princess buggy. And we were outside and my daughter got her pictures done, and then I just put that buttercup on the ground while my daughter went to get additional pictures done. And I guess buttercup somehow got the gumption, and she stood up and wobbled a little bit and started walking towards Kate. And I quickly opened my phone, and I caught it all. It was, I was crying. My daughter started crying. Like, the photographer was like, oh, my word. It was such a special moment, and since that time, She's been doing more and more walking. She'll never fully be mobile. She will always need her special wheelchair for playing ball in the backyard or lengthy walking. But it has been miraculous three years later <laughs> to see her getting up and moving around. It's been amazing. So I have just been dominating the conversation. I'm so sorry. Do you have any questions so far from me?
Not a problem at all. So you just mentioned there, of course, that Buttercup uses, you know, a bit of a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. What was that situation like to obtain a wheelchair for a dog? And has it been like the same one over these past few years? So when she was, when she first started her rehab services in October of 2018, our rehab team suggested, you know, why don't you go ahead and invest in a wheelchair? It will help them help strengthen her. And at this point, we were hopeful that she would regain her full mobility. But they said, you know, this would just be a good rehabilitation extra, and it'll give her some opportunities to play outside. So we got the wheelchair. It was a, a custom built wheelchair from Eddie's Wheels. And uh, the vet did measurements. So they, did it specifically to her body. And when we first got it, we took her out in the backyard, which is her favorite place to be. And she just kind of stood there. My husband picked up a ball and threw it and she took off. And again, there were a lot of tears and cheers and we were just, we couldn't believe it. We hadn't seen her walk since August. So to see our little dog running freely with the help of this chair was amazing um and so we have another chair that um we got to be on a um a really cool television program where they custom built a wheelchair for buttercup and for our little boots and we can talk about boots in a little bit um so both of them have two wheelchairs so it's really great we can use either or for playing um but when she's inside the house we don't use the wheelchair a whole lot because she's become very strong and can kind of really scooch around on her own. Um, but, uh, but now she's getting up a little more. So that's been exciting to see. And I'm guessing she can't really do stairs anymore. No. So what we do, she has a princess. Not only does she have a princess buggy, she has a princess carrier where um, she does still sleep with my daughter on the third floor. So we put her in this little bag that has supportive sides and a supportive base. And we put her in there and she just travels upstairs that way. And how much does she weigh? She's about 30 pounds. We would like for her to be about 25, but she's on a very, very strict diet. It's just, and it's interesting because so we're on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook. We primarily post on Instagram. We're called Three Crazy Corgis, all spelled out. But sometimes people will comment on her weight. And that's really disheartening because when dogs don't have full mobility, their bodies actually change. Their rib cages spread out a little bit so they look bigger than they actually are and so I have to gently remind people she her body changed please don't comment on her weight it's it's not it's not fair I you know we're again when I say she's on a very strict diet she's on a very strict diet she has no people food she gets fed twice a day measured out and so it's a little disheartening when people point that out but part of our being on social media is to bring awareness to 
caring for special needs pets and that it's completely doable and it's a joy, but there are challenges involved. And, and if people are considering adopting a special needs dog, we want to be able to be there to answer questions for people. Or if somebody's facing having a, an animal with sudden discontinued mobility, we like to talk to people about that. And here are some tips and tricks that we've learned along the way. So at least once a day, I get, a, I get a question. I get a direct message on Instagram asking advice on, this is happening to my dog. Do you think I should take them to the vet? And more times than that, I'm like, yes, take them, take them, take them. Or my dog just went down. What can I do? What, what, what would you recommend for supplements? And so, yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, like, you obviously care about your dogs and, like, mm -hmm you know, you're taking the route of like, we're going to do everything possible. So like, I was asking how much she weighed because I was like, you're lugging a dog up three flights of stairs. Like that's oh, yeah. gotta be no. a lot of work. <laughs> Absolutely. No. And that was a good question. I'm glad you asked that because weight tends, like when people bring up weight on Instagram, it's usually if your dog lost weight, she would walk again. Well, no, <laughs> that's not the case. Um, but yeah, no, that was a good question because it is when, when, if your animal loses mobility, what do they do? You know, how do they, they, what do they do about going to another story? So one neat thing, um, when we express buttercup, we do it on puppy pads and we do it on our front porch. It's covered. Um, and we do that because we have to look for urinary tract symptoms. Um, but when she goes to play in the backyard, we have a deck and we have steps that go into the backyard and we would have to carry her in her chair down these steps. And it's not a lot of steps, but it was, it's heavy. She's heavy. Um, can't use the princess carriage when you've got, when she's already in her wheels. So Lowe's Home Improvement actually, um, they really give back to their community. And they have a headquarters in our town and they came out and built a ramp for our sweet buttercup and our sweet little boots who's also wheelchair bound so now we put buttercup and boots in their wheelchairs and they can go off the deck all by themselves and um that so that was this within this past year and it was just such a blessing such a blessing i'm so so grateful definitely now can you talk a little bit about boots and why you expanded to four dogs. Well, so we were very content with three. We got into a good groove with Buttercup. Um, and again, going back to social media, I've met a lot of wonderful, wonderful people on social media. And one woman um, I became friends with, she also has multiple corgis. Um, she and I would direct message about our corgis and she was in Texas. And she sent me a picture of little boots. And she said, a friend of mine in town had a litter of corgis and this little guy was in the litter. And uh, so I've been busy trying to find a home for this little guy because his, the home that he was coming from is very important to his original mama that he be placed in a home that knew how to care for special needs animals. Um, so I showed the picture to my husband and he said, 
Ah, give more information. <laughs> so I, I was able to talk on the phone with his original mama, his human mama, wonderful, wonderful woman. And we spent a lot of time on the phone and she wanted to really make sure that little Boots, so her grandchildren named Boots, uh, she wanted to make sure Boots was going to the right home. And we did, we became fast friends and before I knew it, we were on a plane to Texas from North Carolina to go pick up our new baby. And so he has been a joy. He was born with front leg deformities. So he has one little nail on one paw and nothing on the other paw. So he doesn't have the little toe beans that we typically see on dogs. And he cannot extend. If, if you know what like a little chicken wing looks like, we call him his little chicken nuggies. That's what his little, he looks like little chicken wings. And uh, he's able to hop around. He's very mobile. That is his main issue. Um, but he, so we do have a wheelchair for him. And in the house, he's able to hop around on his own. But we just, we're very careful with his back. We do not let him do steps. He can hop up steps now. He is a very determined little boy. He just turned one in September and he's been with us since he was 10 weeks old. So he is a very determined little Corgi as most Corgis are. Corgis are herding dogs. So they have to be tenacious to get the cows and the sheep and what other, other livestock needs herding. So they're very determined little dogs. So we're just keeping a close eye on his spine to make sure you know, it, he stays healthy. I think we may start acupuncture with him sometime soon. Um, our goal with Boots, we would love, love, love for him to become a therapy dog. He's going to have to become a little older, a little more mature for that to happen. Right now, he's very barky. But uh, well, actually, Buttercup was a therapy dog pre-pandemic. Um, going back to her initial diagnosis, so we got the final diagnosis of her not walking again on a Wednesday and it was really upsetting so that Friday my husband said let's let's you and I go on a date the kids can have pizza at home let's you and I go to have dinner and a movie and just to get out of the house and talk about buttercup I said okay so went to dinner went to a little movie theater and the young woman and we got there early the young woman who was taking tickets was in a wheelchair and there was nobody else around. So I went over and I started talking to her. And I told her about Buttercup. And um, I, I mentioned, you know, maybe if it would be possible, I would love to take Buttercup to visit people in hospitals or nursing homes. And this young woman looked at me and said, I spent most of my childhood in and out of hospitals. If I had met a dog like Buttercup, it would have meant the world to me. Of course, I started to cry and get all blubbery. And I was, and we went, my husband and I went to the theater. I'm like, I said, I said to him, we're going to make Buttercup a therapy dog. So we, she became an ambassador with Therapy Dogs International. And we were starting to go into a nursing home. So we did the nursing home for quite a while. And then the pandemic hit. And we haven't been able to go back in. So I don't know if we will resume our therapy dog 
um, activities anytime soon. But it was it was such a joy to go in with Buttercup and um, visit with folks, and they just enjoyed loving on her and asking questions about her. Um, but yeah, so I would love for Boots to follow that same route, but we will see. We will see. <laughs> and now since Boots is younger, do you, and has more energy, it sounds like, do you have like issues trying to get Boots into the wheelchair because of the energy and mobility that Boots already has? Well, his front legs are very sensitive. So it, it can be a challenge to load him into his chair. Um, ever since he was a puppy, we've tried to desensitize him by touching his legs and his paws. And actually you do that with any puppy just to help, just in case they, when they, when they go to the vet and they can be, they, they're not as reactive when they're touched, but as because his little arms cannot, aren't flexible, um, they are still very sensitive. So, and sometimes he flips himself over in his chair. So we have to really watch him when he's out there. Buttercup does not flip in her chair, but hers is a back wheels and Boots is a front wheels. So it's totally different. And when dogs don't have, dogs move around with their front legs and their back legs follow. So if you don't have your front legs to guide, it makes it a lot more challenging. So Boots is still learning to balance himself out. It's, it's, it's a challenge, but we do try and exercise them every day in the backyard. Um, none of my corgis like going for walks. What dog does not like going for a walk? They just sit down and they're like, no, no, we're not going. So to give them exercise, we have a nice big backyard. We just chuck that ball and, uh, let me tell you, Buttercup is very, very competitive with the ball. Uh, it's, it's sweet. So Peanut being the oldest corgi, ever since Buttercup went down, she would always be the first to get the ball before she went down. So now Peanut can run faster than her. What he will do is we will throw the ball. He'll go get it. She's running too. He'll bring the ball to her and drop it in front of her so she gets it. And then she brings it to us. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? You're breaking my heart. This is so sweet. And he does it almost every time. Animals are amazing. They're amazing. So do your other two get a lot of attention and love? Like you've got, I mean, you've got a house full of humans as well. So you, there's, yes. an, I'm sure, enough loving to go around. But since you have to spend so much time on Buttercup and Boots, do... Are you able to make sure they're as well loved? Oh, yes. <laughs> With four children, four teenagers um, who are all animal lovers, the corgis are constantly getting attention. So I'm a stay-at-home parent. So during the, during the day when the children are at school, they're napping. When the children come home, it's party time. Like, they go out in the backyard, they play fetch, they come in, they snuggle. Like there is, everybody gets a lot of attention, everybody. So it's funny, you know, even though, so Boots and Buttercup both have physical limitations. Reese, our third corgi, is 
has a lot of anxiety. So he is, the other corgis are very friendly and just want to just be all up on you. Reese is not that way. Reese's a little bit of a lone wolf. Reese does not like to play fetch. He will sit in the backyard and watch, but like all that chaos and noise, not a fan. He doesn't want to snuggle. He doesn't want, he'll, he'll come by for pets on his terms and then he walks away and that's fine. So it's interesting. Again, when, when you go into own, going into a journey with an animal, you automatically walk into that journey with the thought, especially with dogs, oh, they're going to be friendly and I have a dog to cuddle and they're going to want to play all the time and they're going to want to take long walks. That's not always the case. Reese is our case in point. Like he just, he is not that guy. He is a lone, lone wolf. He gets along with the other dogs. He's not a fan of Boots bouncing around and, and poppyhood. Um, but he just, Reese just excuses himself and goes into the other room. And so, you know, that's another thing I try and show on our social media is that not all dogs want to be your best friend. They want to be your friend, but not like, you and me, buddy. You know what I mean? Some dogs are standoffish. We raise our corgis all the same way, yet we just have this one little guy who has these issues. We love him no less. It's just, it's just been, a, it's been an interesting journey with all four. It's been a very, very interesting journey. And so then when was it that you decided we're going to have a house full of corgis specifically? We, when my husband and I first got married, we had a little dachshund and we loved her and her name was Emma. She was our first baby. And Emma passed away at 10 due to um, issues with uh, diabetes. And losing her was so, so painful, so painful. My husband said, let's not have any more dogs. It's just so hard to bury them. And I said, all right, we'll see. So two years later, we were vacationing in Florida and it would rain every day. So we would pack up our little children off the beach and go to these little stores. And there was an antique store and there was a precious little corgi. We had never met a corgi before a precious little corgi named Spencer who would come over to us and flip on his belly and just was loving having the children around. And so every day we went to go visit Spencer. And after that, my husband was like, yeah, I miss having a dog. I was like, yeah. So we did a little more research on the breed. I mean, we did a lot of research on the breed and we decided let's, let's go for it. And then we had Peanut, and we just enjoyed him so very much. We're like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to have one more? It's, the joke is, in the corgi community, corgis are like potato chips. You can't have just one. And so, there are so many corgi accounts on Instagram where they have two or more corgis. It's just, it's just, I mean, goodness gracious, the Queen of England. She was the original multi-corgium owner. She had a blue billion at one point. So we just fell in love with the breed. 
we just did. And um, so, yes, but we were really, we were content at three. We were, we were good. Um, but we just, we just couldn't resist boots. We knew, we knew we had the resources in our area and the love in our home and the knowledge of special needs that we could take them on. So we, and there's no regrets. We, we love having all four. We really do. And do you think if another boots came along, would you open your house to five corgis? No, ma'am. <laughs> we are at the max. Just like four, four children was enough for us. Four corgis is quite enough. In fact, so pet ownership today, in fact, um, around 3.30 this afternoon, Peanut, our oldest, was laying on the rug next to a dog toy that was partially chewed up. Looked for the other parts of the toy, couldn't find it. My gut instinct said, take him to the vet. So we went to the vet, and a few hundred dollars later, and he brought every, they had to induce vomiting, and he brought up all the toy. And it's a toy we typically don't have. It was a recent birthday gift for one of the dogs. And so, you know, again, pet ownership, when you, when you go into it, expect to have to maybe go to the vet have your dog throw up because they chewed something you know it's just it's just but animals bring so much joy into our lives they really do they they it it breaks our hearts to think that they won't be with us forever you know what i mean but when they're here they teach us so much about love and compassion and you know being flexible being responsible and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a joy. Of course. Now you mentioned at the beginning, of course, with everything that was happening with Buttercup, it was a bit of a lifestyle change. So thinking back, like what are the biggest changes that you've had to make with Buttercup and Boots? So the main changes came with Buttercup because we have to express her every four hours. We can't be gone from the house for a very long period of time. She has to have that bladder expressed. So when all three were mobile before, um, we could leave the house in the morning and come back around dinner time, and they would still be good. They, their bladders were still fine. We didn't do that often, but if we went and took a long walk, that was fine. Um, that's not possible anymore. Um, vacationing is difficult. Um, when we go on vacation, we bring in a pet sitter for Peanut and Reese, but Buttercup would have to be medically boarded with her vet, and they, they know how to express her. So actually, recently, last spring, we actually purchased a secondhand RV and now we vacation in our RV with Buttercup. And now we'll be taking boots with us as well. So the lifestyle changes truly were, you know, I, I know more about dog urine than I ever want to know. You know what I mean? It's just kind of living with that low level of, low level anxiety of, 
okay, are we going to wake up this morning and find blood in her urine? If so, we've got to go treat it. And we have to make sure she doesn't become antibiotic resistant. So we've got to keep her bladder going as much as possible. So that's, that, I, I didn't have as much worry before that happened. And now I just live with a little cloud of worry all the time. But you know what? That's life in general. When we put ourselves out there to love, we do face heartbreak. We just do. And um, this was an unexpected, unexpected heartbreak. But we're really trying to use it to help others. And it certainly has shown our children that don't give up. Just because something is hard, don't give up. Like Buttercup shows us every day, perseverance is the key. Keep, keep working at it. Keep trying. Keep doing. Um, that's a hashtag I use a lot on Instagram is never give up. And um, so bringing boots into the mix. Since we were already had this habit going on, so he is not able to get to the door fast enough. So the older dogs will ring the bell when they feel like they have to pee, peanut and racy. Buttercup can't anymore because she can't feel it. And Boots can't make it fast enough. So since we're potting Buttercup every four hours, Boots just comes right along. Now with him, again with the special needs, we, dis we discovered that he pushes his face into the ground as he's eliminating. And he could breathe in dirt. We're like, okay. Well, let's find a solution. So there's this, we found a solution. There's this thing called a porch potty. And it's a little, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a little potty on a porch with little synthetic or real grass. And we have it on our front porch. It's hidden. The neighbors can't see it. You can't see it from the road. And we take him out there and put him there so he's not inhaling dirt. So, you know... <laughs> It's, these are the things that we do because we, we love our animals and we, we want them to have the best lives possible. And when you love something, you want to do everything. You want to move mountains for them. Exactly. And you talked a little bit, of course, you know, about social media and um, what you're doing on there and, and sharing all these good things. What has been the response for from people on the internet to your dogs? When I first started specifically on Instagram, it was back in 2017 when we brought little Reese home. And I was just sitting around in February trying to potty train a puppy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at this Instagram, see what this is all about. I, in my, in my former life, I was a PR professional before I had children, and I chose to become a stay-at-home mom. So I looked at Instagram, and I thought, oh, I'm going to start an account, and I'm going to make my dogs influencers. That was the big plan. And the whole strategy with my Instagram was to have them celebrate wacky days. And there are wacky days for every day, like National Potato Chip Day and National Apple Pie Day. So I'd have the three corgis and I would pose them with whatever that particular day was. And it was a lot of fun and I was having fun. 
Were they becoming influencers? They weren't. But we started to gain a following. And actually, the week before Buttercup went down, we had we reached 10,000 followers, and we were so excited. Like, my family and I were like, that's crazy. And, you know, we were making a lot of good friends through Instagram, other Corgi accounts. And literally a week later, Buttercup went down. And I realized I had this platform. What did I want to use? What did I, how did I want to use it? And I knew immediately, we're not going to be influencers. This is now going to be a platform to promote awareness for special needs dogs and animals in general. And just to bring encouragement to folks who might be dealing with their own struggles in life. And we just try and focus on positivity and being happy and enjoying the little simple things in life. And the response was overwhelming. The, the social media community, as we were going through all of this, they just brought us so much support and encouragement. Um, because those were some, even though they were hopeful days in the beginning, they were also dark days because we didn't know if she would re regain mobility. And we were struggling with the UTIs and we were struggling with expressing her. And the Instagram community especially just really wrapped their arms around us and said, you know, we're here for you. So um, one of the things I recently did in November is I reached out to a graphic designer who put together a little book, a little book about Buttercup's journey. And it's called Words of Wisdom from a Wheelie Cool Corgi. Like Wheelie, W-H-E-E-L-I-E. -E. Um, and we sell it on Amazon. And it, I've gotten such an incredible response to that. I've gotten people, they've direct messaged me saying how they read it to their second grade classroom. And... Um, other people have said, you know, I was feeling really down and I got your little book and it just really, really encouraged me. Like some of, and it's a very, very simple book and just, it, it's just, if Buttercup, I did it from Buttercup's point of view. Like I say, I would say things like sunshine and naps soothe the heart and body and cuddles and hugs from those you love speak volumes when words fall short. And they're all pictures from the past few years and her journey in her wheelchair. And it's been, it's kind of like a little love note for us giving back to the community. Like, you know what? Thank you so much for encouraging us. We're going to encourage you back. Another cool thing that we recently did, I guess it's been almost a year. There's a company called Makeship, M-A-K-E-S-H-I-P, and they do plushies. And so I reached out to them. I said, I would love to do a buttercup plushie with her in her wheelchair. So what they do is they make these plushies and they're, it's a crowdfunding situation where they're only available for, I think, 21 days. And we sold like, I think, 500 of them. And all we donated all that money, all the proceeds that would have come to us, we donated all to an organization that helps um, special needs individuals function in their community and it's called I think it's best buddies and that was 
that was such an honor to be able to do that and for our community to say, yes, we want a buttercup plushie and we're all helping an organization help other people. So that was, I'm, I'm not saying here tuning my own horn. I'm just saying these are the things where the community has come together and we've worked together to raise money for another organization and, um, and all the proceeds from Buttercup's little book, we just put towards her care, her acupuncture and her vet bills when she gets a UTI, which is inevitable, but, um, yeah. Right. So is it like the acupuncture aside and, you know, the occasional UTI, is it very expensive for her daily care? That's an excellent question. Um, so her food is prescription based and that's not cheap. Um, with her UTIs, so she does have supplements. Um, they're not too expensive. The UTIs are, that's more expensive because there is something, you can do a rapid test, but then there's culture where they have to take a sterile sample and that's a couple hundred dollars. And it was discovered a year ago that Buttercup has this bacteria in her body. It's laying dormant, <laughs> but if you were to do a rapid test, it would look like she has a UTI when she may not have a UTI. It's that bacteria presenting. So every time we suspect a UTI now, we need to do a culture. And so that gets pricey. But other than that, it's so it, the advice I would give to people who may be considering adopting a special needs animal is to ask those specific questions like um, whatever organization they're adopting the animal from. What illnesses are they prone to? Do they have any underlying conditions? You know, what, what is the average monthly bill? Because that does come into play. It really does. Yeah. Now, I think I'm about ready to wrap things up. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Well, first of all, let me just say, it's been an honor being on here, Sarah. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and share my crazy corgis with y'all. And um, yeah, if I could leave everybody with the thought that, um, you know, kindness, a little bit of kindness goes a very, very long way. And just be aware of your surroundings um, in that. Like when we push Buttercup around in a wheelchair, sometimes I'll get snarky comments. And I'm always quick to say, hey, you know what? My dog doesn't have mobility. And that's why we're, she's in the wheelchair. If you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. And people are usually embarrassed that I've heard, heard them say a negative comment, <laughs> but then they're open to talking about it. So if you happen to see an animal who happens to be in a stroller, um, or an animal who is on a leash and is barking really loudly and has a lot of anxiety, give pet owners kind of the benefit of the doubt that there's more, there's more to the story than you might be seeing. You might be seeing somebody with a really fearful 
anxious dog and they're working really hard with that dog or the dog in the buggy. Maybe they just want to ride in a buggy or maybe they have a hurt ball or maybe they have, they're recovering, but just a little bit of kindness goes a really, really long way. So very true. Now, at the end of all of my episodes, I do ask a random question. So since yeah. we've been talking solely about your dogs, the question is going to be for you. It does not have to do with your dogs. Um, and is simply, what is your earliest memory? Oh, gracious, Sarah. You can like pick a good one if like your first one's horrible or something. Now, so a very early memory. And I was actually just thinking about this the other day. It's so interesting that you bring this up. So I was very much a rule follower as a little girl. I'm a firstborn and I was very, very, very much a rule follower. And I was in kindergarten and we were painting on, with easels. And the teacher specifically said, you may not go over to that other table to get paint. You must stand there and you raise your hand if you want extra paint. Everybody understood. So she was busy with other children. So there may have been a few of us over here, but she had other groups of children. And I was out of orange. And I really needed orange. I don't know what I was painting. And it was a real moral conflict at the moment. But six-year-old me decided, she's very busy. I'm just going to go over quietly and get some orange and come back to my easel. So I walked over to the paint table and there was a huge lamp. They don't have these big lamps in schools anymore, but it was circular and it had a big glass ball in the middle and it had several rings around it. It fell and crashed right where my easel was and it smashed my easel to bits. And I remember my teacher screaming and the children screaming and I was standing there at the paint table going, Ugh! and I knew at that moment, oh, it's a good thing I went to go get orange. That was such a vivid, vivid early memory. So I'm glad, I'm glad I was a rebel once in my life. I've pretty much towed the line the rest of these 48 years, but that was that. So that was a very, very early memory I had. All right, that brings this episode to a close. I'll of course be leaving a direct link to Laura's Instagram so you can check out all of her corgis and their cute little personalities, um, everything that she shares there and all of the good stuff she was talking about. I will also leave a direct link to the Amazon website where you can purchase the book she mentioned about Buttercup. So that will all be there for you to check out. So feel free to go and connect with her. And of course, if you would like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description as well. That brings you to all of our social media, including Instagram, also Facebook and LinkedIn. And also in the description is a link to support us monetarily if you're interested in that. And my email address is there. And I always look forward to hearing from listeners. And if you'd like to be a guest, I'm happy to correspond with you and get you on the show. So thank you so much, Laura, for spending time with me today and sharing about your dogs, a little bit of a different episode for today, but it was great to hear about their lives. And thank you to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear his story. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.